Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Vanish. Bye. No, I'm just... <laughs> I, I was hoping that uh, the I'm quoting Jeff the Mongoose. Before anyone accuses me of plagiarism, that's an original <laughs> Jeff the Mongoose quote, Vanish, uh, which I believe he yelled at other people uh, before he, he himself vanished. He yelled at the family he was living with, like, to vanish? Or no, no, maybe I just letting them know he was going to vanish. As like he was vanishing and he just wanted to announce. Remember, he is a Gemini. I think he just wanted to announce his departure. He loves the theatrics. I appreciate loves that. Loves the theatrics, as do I. Hi. So, welcome to, and that's why we drink, everybody. Um, we're getting close to 300 episodes, and it's giving me some troubling feelings about: Am I supposed to be doing something to prepare? Um, probably. I feel like I definitely haven't figured out my topic yet, which is I, I haven't even thought about it a hmm. little bit. Hmm, the butterflies hmm. in my belly are also angry. So Sorry. Ay, ay, ay. But hey, 300 episodes. Talk about something I never saw coming. <laughs> Certainly not. Uh, what are you drinking today, Em? Uh, when I when my belly feels better, I'm going to drink. Um, I have a, a little Arnie P next to me from Starbucks. Oh, Love nice. a good Arnie P. I was going through a phase where I was like, I think it's time to change my drink order up. But you know what? I'm not going to. Well, what was it before? It it wasn't. I decided against it. I'm not going to change it. It was either oh, I RDP or is always a green tea. Yeah. Okay. I see. I never knew you to order an RDP. So I thought maybe this was like a new development or something. Nah. Nah. I'm uh, afraid I of change. See. But I wanted I wanted a cooler sounding thing, and now I just I, well, I, I don't just want like never else. hear about the London fogs anymore. So I thought you know that changed. You know, that's true. The the Iceland and fog is so touch and go, man. I every time I go, either they forgot the milk or they forgot the vanilla or like it's not hot. I I feel like there's definitely a shortcut way and they like to take advantage of that whenever they can and it just doesn't taste the same. I and see. I, under, I understand wanting to take the shortcut. Like I also don't want to work. But no. like it, it's as as the uh receiver of the drink, I'm not having fun with it unless it's perfectly done and i don't want to be a karen about it so i just stopped asking are you there 
I understand. Um, I mean, that makes, yeah, it's frozen for some reason on your end. And I don't know if it's my internet. Obviously, the world and the internet don't want me to talk. So your turn. Why do you drink and what are you drinking? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Today I'm drinking this. Um, it's a canned bubble tea that I found at the grocery store. Canned? How do yeah. you, You're fine with that? <laughs> <laughs> you can be such a Karen sometimes. I know you're like, oh, I don't want to be a Karen, but oh, wow, that just cut me to my fucking core, Em. <laughs> Oh my god! It that, did. It did like, have the same energy of like you're gonna wear that outside. No, it no. literally physically hurt my body. I don't <laughs> so know how you sorry. did that. Here's here's my reasoning. <laughs> I just shit. I just I'm sorry. I just fucking hate boba. That's and like that's the I only reason it do. came out that way. I'm aware of that, but um, <sighs> but yeah, I mean, I'm fine with it. I guess I got this at the grocery store. <laughs> Um, it's a Taiwanese, uh, brand and I don't know what it says. Um, but here's it my looks p- delicious. Here's my issue with it. It was not directed at you. It was directed at the can of, of Boba tea. Well, it was, I know you took it personally and I apologize. You no, had every I right mean, to, because I did sound like my mother there, but, uh, I, you sounded I already like all our mothers. You sounded like true. every mother. It was I think scary. everyone had a, a chill go down their spine, which reminds you as, you, as much as you can fight it, things might just come out of your mouth sometimes. Yikes. Wow. But um, I really don't like boba tea. And I really, d- the idea of it being canned, which is so stupid because like it's already jacked with preservatives. Like there's no mm-hmm. way it's like fresh and canned is, you know, any different. No. Um, also, it probably comes in a can to be dumped out at like a frozen yogurt place. But, like, in my mind, it being canned, I, like, associated it with, like, tuna fish or something. I don't know what my deal was. Oh, my. Well, if I can confirm I just had some. It's pretty delicious. Um, It oh. is not quite as fresh as a, you know, boba tea from a boba tea shop, which I do believe a lot of times they make that, those fresh. You are insulting every beverage uh, worker in the industry today, Em. You're like, I Starbucks <laughs> takes shortcuts. Boba's out of a can. I mean, wow. Em, Em is just... Uh, at least if you work at a, a place that offers boba and beverages, know that you don't have to deal with me anyway, because I'm not coming into the store. <laughs> wow, lucky them. <laughs> I, do you, are you like a boba on your Froyo situation kind of person? Um, no, I like um, like a granola on my... and Well, I like every topping on my Froyo, but okay. I like boba on its... Like boba tea separately what's your go-to what's your go-to um froyo situation oh. you're you're going into a place you do, you've never been to this uh, this brand before and you're nervous but at least you know you can get this what i do is i put some flavor usually something that's not like normal like not vanilla just but just like this much like just a little bit and then i put like 85 toppings on it I kind of do the same thing. I don't do a ver- like a variety of toppings. I'll just like 80% of the cup will be the same topping. You know oh, what I, I mean? put, I just, cause I can't decide and I'm terrible at decision making. So I'm like, well, a little gummy bear, a little Oreo, a little granola, a little different fruits, but what fruit? Mango, raspberry, strawberry, all of them. Really? Does it taste good as a combo Not in really. your mouth though? No. Oh. Okay, you just get you get overwhelmed. I just, just like, like can't decide. I don't want to be like, oh, I just want like my, the the bane of my existence are those ones where it's like pick two toppings, and I'm like, how? 
like and then they do it for you and i'm like well that's not gonna work for me um probably because of people like you that that yeah no legitimately i'm sure they're like we don't want you to put an entire packet of oreos on top of your ice cream today um but (sighs) you know that's what i do and i gotta say uh it's it's not highly it doesn't come highly recommended on my end i wonder how well it would do if there was like a froyo place or like a chipotle place but behind the counter all it was was just a topping store and like you're just like i just want a cup of oreos as i'm walking down the street i want to throw a bunch of crap in one cup and see how it goes as i'm walking down the street like i'm interesting like i'm a big on froyo every time i get froyo the like at least 50 percent of the cup is fresh strawberries because i just want to eat a bowl of strawberries and i can't get that anywhere else yeah but that's so expensive i feel like then you could just go get strawberries for like a quarter of the price at the store You'd think, but also I find ways to be inconvenienced at all moments. And like, sure, yeah, it's already cut up for I ha- you. Yeah, I don't have to wash it. I don't have to dry it. I don't have to cut it up. I don't. Yeah, have to- that's fair. That's and fair. And it's also it's on my walking path anyway. Like I never drive out of my way to go get froyo. It's always a spontaneous. Oh, I'm walking by thing. Well, you know that makes me wonder. Well, first of all, I often go out of my way to get Froyo, but that's a me problem. But um, it makes me wonder at the Froyo serve yourself places if anybody ever just goes in and doesn't get Froyo and just gets toppings because that's the same concept. Yeah, someone has to. And I'm I wonder sure someone does. I, I wonder if it's annoying to the employees and it probably is because you imagine you just spent all this time prepping a whole thing of strawberries and then I just ask for like the canister of it. You know, you just get the whole thing. Oh, that would be annoying. Yes, yeah. that would be. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. It's a great, it's a great philosophical question. M. you know, I'm a little nervous because my neighbor, um, my next door neighbor told me she listens to the show and she just started listening and she's like, yeah, I, I listened to an episode and I just heard about your friend's cardiac problems for about (laughs) 25 minutes. And I went, yeah, <laughs> well, welcome I'm, to the show. I'm glad there's another person in the world who's nervous about me. Thank you for bringing it back up. Uh, thank you for making me the star once more. Shout out to Anne. And she was like, I mean, I hope they're okay. But they're and not. she's like, you know, I did say like, oh, it's a paranormal show. And then I was like, oh, maybe I was wrong. And I was like, no, no, it is technically. Just wait it a little is. bit. The, the first, the first uh, 20 to 30 minutes never is. But it, it, we just, it's a, it's a very slow build up to the experience yes so i do apologize um but so now i'm all on edge like oh my gosh someone's listening but she probably gave up already i don't know um i don't blame her she's probably like i've i don't unless i'm bringing froyo to your house i've learned nothing about you so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah or canned boba you know you know try it you might like it Okay, here is my silly little story. Oh, wait, do you have a reason why you drink? Did you have a reason? Just that uh, my neighbor, who's just a lovely person and got the cutest puppy recently, um, listens to the show, and now I feel kind of like, oh, wow, I feel like I'm disappointing all my neighbors, you know? That's silly. You're probably not. I, I, I not. think there's <laughs> at least one shittier neighbor on your street, and you, whether or not you know who they are. Oh, I probably do know who they are. Oh. Shout out. Fun. Well, I still have yet to figure out who my new shitty neighbors are because the one, the original shitty ones have moved. So I, I haven't figured mm-hmm. out who my new arch nemesis is. Can't wait um, for that though. Me too. I really miss complaining. I'll find a, <laughs> I'll find a different way to fill that hole until future notice. <laughs> 
It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Juni, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Okay, here is a little story for you. And this is supposed to be, this is kind of just like a silly little one because um, this was supposed to be the one that you and I were going to do together if we found the time when you were last in L.A. Uh, hmm. Remember we thought like, oh, well, while you're in town, oh, maybe this we'll episode. I thought you meant like this story. And I was like, I don't remember no. that. Okay, the episode. Yes, right. Yeah, uh, because... In last time, it ended up being a little bit of a whirlwind with me because we, uh, speaking of my heart stuff, we had another health scare during our live show, our uh, cryptids and scripted. So it just, I think it became kind of a bit of a, a wild train wreck of a weekend health wise for me. So uh, we ended up not recording an episode together. Instead, we decided to. We did a gift opening video. So that's on Patreon. We um, did a gift opening video we and some great stuff. Uh, you and me and Eva all went to see a Broadway show together. That was lovely. We did. It was a blast. Anyway, so we, we had a good time, but the times where we maybe would have recorded, I, I don't think I was feeling it. And I ended up being, yeah, not it was even, not your fault. It was just a tight. Trip. I had, ended up not even being near you for like one of the whole days you were in town. I felt so bad about it, but, um, yeah. yep. So. This was meant to be kind of like a silly one while you were in town, hence the silliness to it. I see. Um, this was actually recommended, I think. So our lovely social media uh, person, Megan, Megan. Uh, put out a uh, like a questionnaire on our Instagram page or something like that about um, cryptids that people would want uh, to hear me talk about. And yep. This one happened to get multiple requests. I don't know how multiple people have ever heard of it because I certainly haven't, but <sighs> I guess I've just been in the dark. So here is the story of Bat Squatch. What? I know. 
It's a weird one. I was hoping I I was hoping first of all that I'd heard of it, but I haven't. And then second of all, I was hoping you were going to say Bat Boy. Do you remember Bat Boy? Is he, was he the one on the front of National in- yep. the National Enquirer? <laughs> I don't know why we all have such like that core memory because like I read a lot of National Enquirer as a teenager and Bat Boy really stuck with all of us. I don't think it was even the National Enquirer. It was a different one of those. But um, I was just listening to a podcast called Wonderful with Griffin McElroy and his wife. And um, they his like thing of the day was Bat Boy, which I think was on Weekly World News. Yeah, um, I just I just looked it up Weekly World News. Yeah, and uh it was like this and he went through the whole story of how they created the story and it was just a very like fun story. So when you said bat, I was like, "No, bat boy." Honestly, bat. like I wonder if people would be interested in me covering that because I am going to deep dive it anyway now out of sheer curiosity. <laughs> you I might, might as, as well, well write it down. <laughs> I might as well because I that really I mean it's cryptidy and spooky and i definitely informed a lot of our uh our, yeah. our way of jumping into things at the word bat but um no this is unfortunately not bat boy okay. today but maybe I'll, I'll cover it later maybe i'll okay. go through all those like national enquirer weekly world news things and actually use them as sources for once how fun would that be to do like just a whole new story where you take those like for at 100 percent like validity i think that honestly would be really fun Got it. Okay. That might be my 300th at this point if I don't have another topic idea. Oh, yeah. It's sort of like the onion, you know, just like what if I use the onion for my like true crime story of the week? That would be so depressing. It would be. It would actually be the happiest story you've ever told, maybe. (laughs) Perhaps, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Batsquatch is said to have come out of the eruption of Mount St. Helens. Oh, okay. Here is a quote from Portland Ghosts about uh the eruption and thus birth of bat squatch god itching to once more throw his weight around kaboom everything goes tea kettle up white becomes black black becomes white up is down down is sideways mother earth hugs the toilet room of existence like a bachelor post party the whammy of all hangovers something wicked stirred on the fringes of that desolate plain, the bat squatch spread its wings and roared. I'm sorry. I thought we already recorded the cryptid poetry slam, but this <laughs> seems like a top-notch entry for our cryptid poetry slam. It, that, I mean, whoever wrote that clearly has uh, a calling outside of just writing for this website. Yeah. Um. But yeah, definitely a contender for the next Cryptids Unscripted and also uh, a contender for maybe the weekly world news or whatever the with Pulitzer that boy. Pulitzer Prize, maybe, I would say. <laughs> oh, right. Yes, that one. Also the Nobel Peace Prize. Might as well throw that <laughs> sure, in there. Sure, 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 sure. So uh, that's kind of like a, a silly entry into this. But just to keep it a little more seriously, um, I listened to the Camp Monsters podcast take on this, and they gave some more um, grimmer elements to Mount St. Helens. Uh, so it happened May 18th in 1980, and these are just a few of the quotes from the podcast. The force of 50 atomic bombs, 230 square miles, 150,000 mm-hmm. acres of living forest vaporized and devastated. A cubic mile of solid rock, the largest landslide ever recorded, Mm. traveling at hundreds of miles an hour, 
bearing everything in its path. A blast cloud 15 miles into the stratosphere, raining mud and ash, blotting out the sun, streaked with lightning and rumbling with thunder. I'm going to take the Pulitzer and give it back, give it away. Take it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah at yeah, least yeah. cut it in half and give it half of them to this <laughs> podcast. So. I like to think that between Portland Ghosts and the Camp Monsters podcast, they're just going to do a Katie Heron with the tiara and just oh like. Oh my God. Yes. Just snap the Pulitzer Prize. You get half prize. a Pulitzer. You get half a Pulitzer. It's yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. yeah. All um, well written, but uh, definitely two different takes powerful. on it. Yeah. So, so for all international listeners and not for me just because I'm so kind and thinking about uh, all our international listeners. Where exactly is this again? Uh, hmm. Good question. <laughs> uh, oh, it's, just... uh, it's in, um, I, I do not want to say Mount Shasta, uh, Mount St. Helens. Cause I feel it's on the, uh, I think it, it's, I'm pretty sure it's Washington state, but I don't want to say the wrong thing. Well, it's definitely Pacific Northwest. I do know that. It is. It's Washington state. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Okay. I I was gonna say the county name, but I am sure I'm gonna mess it up. Scamania County. Scamania County. Scamania. Ska and mania, which like are two of my like favorite topics. But um, <laughs> wait, are they? <laughs> Since when? <laughs> just I like talking about both, but put together, it's uh, apparently a county in Washington. Okay. All right. It's fifty. Well, it's fifty-two miles northeast of Portland and ninety-eight okay. miles south of Seattle. Okay, okay, that makes sense. I just, uh, just not for me. I knew exactly where it was. Like, I even knew the coordinates. I just wanted right, to make I sure know. international listeners could figure it out, too. You know? I know. And that's why when they break off all the the, <laughs> the prizes, you're going to get part of the Nobel. Because you're just ah, thinking you. of everyone. I just, oh, I'm so gracious. I thought you meant because I knew the coordinates, but also because I'm so gracious. Yeah. Whatever the geography version of that <laughs> award is, you also win that one. Um, okay. So, yeah, two different takes on it. Um, and, you know, one of them, obviously, more realistic mm. and very brutal just to let people know that there were deaths. I think there was like 50-something people died. But then there was like bridges and buildings and cities that were just, I mean, destroyed. So Scary. Um, and because of this eruption, there was something called the dead zone, mm. which is the leftover area covered in rubble. Um, and the cryptid part of this is that this is where the bat squatch is said to reside. Whoa. Okay. Sorry for all our international listeners. Again, um, uh -huh. I'm just speaking on their behalf. You know, I they know need it. someone to speak up, um, on their behalf. Uh, what year was this, that this eruption took place again? 1980, but I know you knew that. It's just, I did. Just yeah. Thank you. Oh yeah. Thank checking. you so, so much. I just wanted to like reiterate for everybody else, you know, I know. it. Thank you. My <laughs> history it. is pretty on point. So. I know it, and I wouldn't even ask you to just des describe the dead zone and the reason I wouldn't do that to you because obviously your answer would just <laughs> just make everyone else's uh, like not worth our time. Yeah, exactly. I would give is, you with the spotlight for a moment. Okay, I knew it. I know. I appreciate that, and that's why I actually wrote a different quote here because I didn't. Oh, good. You would upstage whatever they'd have to say. So, um, so. In the dead zone, this is in theory where the bat squatch resides after the eruption and thus his birth out of this volcano. Um, and when it comes to bat squatch, this is a, a quote, it seemed the eruption had awakened something that was not content to go back to sleep. Ooh, ooh. And to give you an idea of this dead zone, in comes my description I found elsewhere from you because that would have been too much. Um... <laughs> 
when describing the dead zone this was i think also the camp monsters podcast very well written podcast i don't know if they're like actually i don't know if they're writing out scripts first or something but these are not things that would just come out of my head (laughs) you know what i'm saying out of our mouths yeah (laughs) Yeah. it doesn't feel like they're mouth spillers so um (laughs) there's here here's their uh description of the dead zone just to kind of get you in the a spookier mood i guess in a sad mood also not a bird, not an insect, not a branch or a leaf left to the left for the wind to stir. Even your footsteps smothered by the soft ash, so deep, so light, the slightest movement brought it up in clouds. Clouds of ash that clung to any moving thing, following, filling, choking. It choked the carburetors on the trucks until they wouldn't run. It dulled the chains on the saws until they wouldn't cut. It caked and burned men's throats until their voices died. Until there was that silence again, that terrible, terrible silence. You'd catch yourself listening, holding your breath, waiting for something, something horrible. And that was just during the day. Okay, I'm going to cry. That is just so heavy. Remember when I said this is just a silly little story? Yeah, what the hell? So that's just to give you an idea of the dead zone and like the vibes of this area. That <laughs> the, vi- the hashtag the, vibes the, are pretty dark. The, yeah. The, the vibes are like not what I would want to match, but um, okay. So that is a little bit about the dead zone and the general area of maybe where people are spotting Batsquatch or expecting him to be. As for Batsquatch himself, uh, there are reports from, uh, Mount Shasta, which is why I almost said it earlier when you asked yeah. where Mount St. Helens was. And by the way, Mount Shasta, we talked about that episode 168. Mm. And then I think we followed it or uh, before that episode, we covered the Lemurians. Yes, so, you did both, I remember. So if you want to go check those out, those were some pretty good episodes. Um, but so there are reports from Mount Shasta all the way to Butler County, Pennsylvania. So I'm just going to oh. call this a nationwide crisis. Wow. Um, and people, whenever they do make reports of seeing Batsquatch, it is always at night and it is always when it is too silent. Too uh, silent. Oh. You know that eerie silence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it seems like uh, the main reports come from hikers in the Pacific Northwest who say that they see the bat squatch itself flying out of the mountain crevices. Mm. Like, just taking a stroll, I guess. Just a taking a, a little swoop. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, he's described as a huge primate or wolf-like bat. He's over nine feet tall with oh a wingspan. With a wingspan of up to 50 feet. Oh, my God. What? Ew. Yeah. It's like That's way a bigger monster. than I expected. A monster. Uh, it's said to weigh more than two grizzly bears combined. Oh, sure. That's a ratio we all understand. Yeah. <laughs> a currency I like, that I get. I feel like if I could even get near a bear to try to pick it up, I wouldn't understand the weight of two to of them. To pick it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how am I supposed to know what this means? Like, someone must have just said it, like, as, like, hyperbole or something. Because... Yeah. When I like, there's no way if there's something too heavy for me to pick up, I don't know the difference between that and something else that's too heavy for me exactly. to pick up. Ex- precisely. Like, you, that just doesn't. You could have just said the weight of one grizzly bear, and I'd be like, oh, that's equally as heavy in my arms as two. Yeah, like, yeah I, nobody's going to know. I don't know the difference. Yeah. Well, anyway, apparently two grizzly bears is the exact number. Not three. No more, no less. No more, no less. 
he's also said to have bright yellow teeth, eyes. Uh, for some reason, I wrote tears. Hmm. He does not have tears. He doesn't cry. He's the, he's not he's, a squonk. We we have tears. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. We have all sorts of tears. If we approach him, he's not the one crying. Yeah. <laughs> um. I think it's that he has bright yellow eyes. He also has dark black slash blue fur, very sharp teeth, very sharp talons, and leathery wings like a bat. And because of its appearance, some people have thought of it to be a flying monkey straight from hell who broke the Earth's crust during this eruption. Oh, oops. (laughs) Whoops, he just got away. Uh, I like to think there's like those like sirens, like like a like a prison break or something like, in hell yes oh my <laughs> gosh and they're like we lost one which also is sad because that means he's trying to get back home oh but aw. where is home because he's still hanging out in those mountains hell he's trying to get back to hell i see he's like he just he plummets and he can't get he can't, he can't get, get, back, get in. back through the plates oh see, wow plates. okay so that's another award for you i don't mean to show off i'm sorry i'll step back you know what's so silly about uh tectonic plates which it's not silly at all what what could what could you possibly say next it's about my lack of not it's about how bad of a student i was um because i don't know what was going on in my childhood i don't know who to blame this on probably myself but i don't want to do that okay But, like, eighth grade was the first year where, like, we were having, like, finals. I went to private school. We didn't have, like, the SOLs or anything like that. So, uh, so we What's didn't the have... SOLs? Oh, that's in Virginia. That's, like, the standardized test all public schools do. Oh, oh, oh. Um, we, as a private school, had ERBs, which was the same We thing. did ERBs, too. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, other than that, I didn't know anything about, like finals like i i never sure. we've never done finals before and i must have just daydreamed every day for an entire year in my eighth grade science class oh no and i didn't know that finals were coming or like maybe i heard the word finals and wasn't interpreting it as a test i was just like oh like the final weeks of school and i just never didn't even occur to me and so eventually there was like this huge like it was the final on- mm-hmm. <laughs> and i didn't fucking even study a little bit and it got a, such a bad grade that I guess the teacher could tell like oh somehow you completely did not translate that like a big test was coming and you needed to study and now when I hear tectonic plates which is what that whole thing was on <gasps> I just get like I get that like wake up in the middle of the night panic embarrassment because I oh, remember man. the teacher pulling me out of class in front of everybody to like tell me that I basically got a zero and like I would like I, I the threat in my mind was I'd have to retake eighth grade or something I, if, anyway I hear tectonic plates and I get a little uh, a little well, I'm sorry that I pulled out of my very very pea brain size limited <laughs> amount of information about geology uh, <sighs> the one phrase I could think of that so- somehow also was the one <laughs> phrase that would send you into eighth grade turmoil I a apologize real a real tizzy. wow my bad I, I remember writing the word like magma and crust a lot and like <laughs> I'm, and like probably for questions that that wasn't even one of the options like Magma. Oh, i think they no. were like the only two things i had processed anyway so um well yeah crust and magma those are probably the only two i remember either it reminds me of like <laughs> cherry pie it was it was a it was a bad 
bad. It was my so my sorry. awakening into what final exams were. So trust me, for uh, ninth grade, I had quite a, a panic. I was like, I know what finals are now. We Day better... one, you were like studying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, blah, blah, blah. Tectonic plates. How do we get there? Oh, yeah. So he's thought of as being like one of like the hell's minions that broke through the Earth's Aww. crust during the volcanic eruption. So he's also said to potentially have telekinetic powers mm. and people think that he can manipulate all electrical equipment or <gasps> anything with a motor. So he's uh, known to shut off TVs, phones, radios, well, car that's engines. that's probably why my internet isn't working. He's just swooping about. He's, uh, I'm just saying that he knows. That's if you hear watch. like a, if you hear a. I don't know what kind oh, of sound. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, him. that's him. It wasn't me. It wasn't oh me. Oh, my God. Well, you know, it's like in SpongeBob when they go, Nosferatu. I'm going to be like, ah, Squatch. <laughs> Leave my router alone. <laughs> I forgot about that. I think <laughs> about that at least once every three months just for it's fun. A, I remember even back then being like, I had no idea who Nosferatu was. And I remember thinking, that's a funny fucking that's bit. A hilarious joke. <laughs> <laughs> Nosferatu. It's like uh, the magic school bus when they'd go, Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I should have stayed home today. I think about that also every three months. <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay, so he's known to have telekinetic powers. He's known to manipulate uh, electrical equipment. And this is j uh, just for instance, but the most well-known story we have of bat squatch is from april 19th 1994 when a guy named brian was driving uh in washington it was in pierce county and his car stopped for no reason hmm. uh and then something came swooping down <gasps> and there's different versions of this story not too many different versions but the it sounds like something came swooping down and Brian happened to just see a tall, dark blue furred creature with yellow eyes and wings. Mm. The, the creature stared at him and then like just shot back up into the sky and flew away and the car started again. Whoa. Freaky. So that's that's the version. It really was 50-50, so I don't know what the right version is. But of the two... That was one of them that he just, it stopped his car. He saw this thing and then it took back up to the skies and his car started. Uh, the other version is that uh, this creature, like this creature that's as heavy as two grizzly bears landed on this guy's truck and Brian freaked out and he like got out of his car and he tried running, but then this thing almost attacked him. So then he had to dive under his car and he hid under his car and he could see bat squatches like, he could hear his footprint or footsteps Ew. walking around the car for like until sunrise. And then uh, it sounds like he might have gotten scratched up from this encounter and like his shirt was a little ripped. So it's just like a more like involved. Yeah. And I don't encounter. know which one is the right one. And by the way, by right one, that implies that Batswatch is real. <laughs> um, but I don't know which one Brian would tell us today. I see. Um, so... Camp Monsters podcast did a great, great dramatic retelling of this event. Like I'm giving you a blurb and I usually try to give sometimes more detail than necessary when it comes to our stories, but they like did like a storytelling version of it. it I mean, I like, don't doubt it. They're, they seem to be, they're, they're 
even me talking right now, I'm getting embarrassed just thinking about how good they are with words. I'm barely speaking. <laughs> I'm just, just talking and I have just to think stuttering. of every word before I say it. <laughs> <laughs> We're not used to that. <laughs> yeah. But if you want like a, a spooky retelling of it and like a, a narrated experience, uh, Camp Monsters podcast. So that is Brian's experience. And I guess it was real enough because like. Tacoma News Tribune, they tried writing and or they wrote an article about it um, the next week in 1994. So in theory, there is a Tacoma News Tribune article about this Brian guy and Bat Squatch. You got to get in that newspapers.com game, you know? I know. I was in it for a long time. And then I, I used it mainly for my ancestry stuff. Yeah. And then I never used it for actual research because I just never found any. Like, I mean, I, like a use for it or like a. I feel like this is where it's much more useful for true crime sides to this yeah. because very rarely am I finding ghost stories in there. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so they did an article in the Tacoma Tribune and Brian's mother has said that Brian has moved away from the area and does not like talking about the incident. <gasps> so if anyone has tried writing him or asking for a retelling, he has not offered it. Um, so there have been... Since then, I'm sure several other sightings that hikers claim to see something in the sky or maybe someone's close enough to the dead zone um, and they feel like they're hearing something in the woods. But the two most recent sightings are from 2011 and 2014. In 2011, it was one guy who was walking his dog and he had to pick the dog up because he saw something like circling, like maybe going to catch his dog. I, I don't. It could have been like a vulture or a bird or something. Um, but could have been a bat squatch. I wasn't there. So in 2014, there was a, apparently a whole Spanish classroom, uh, in Ohio that swears that they saw it, saw it fly by. There was like children, the teachers, they were all like, this thing exists. Oh, how scary. But also how, like as a skeptic, I'm pretending bat squatch is real, but the event is not, um, where I'm like, Hmm, but it's all the way in Ohio. And it's a random classroom, but no other classroom saw it. I don't know. But you know what? Maybe it's maybe, just a fun story. Maybe that day, Spanish class, the teacher was like, let's go outside and talk about nature in Spanish. And they were outside and they were talking about, you know, um, let me think of one word I can think of in Spanish. Um, <laughs> hmm. Espanol. <laughs> I'm talking about nature. How do you say? Oh. Agua. <laughs> How do you say tree? What's wrong with me? I should know that. I can only think of German. Okay, you should have said German class. I could have made this a lot easier. Uh, <laughs> Cielo. Isn't that sky? Or did I make that up too? It's entirely possible. I don't know. Anyway, anyway there was a Spanish class <laughs> who did speak somewhat, uh, some Spanish at the very least. And they... <laughs> They all said that they saw it I don't fly know. By. I took Spanish in Ohio as well, and clearly I don't have much to prove for it. So I, I don't think we can confirm they spoke Spanish either. Just saying. Our bowl is true. Our bowl, yes. Thank you. Oh, my God. What is wrong with me? And Cielo is sky. Okay, I was correct on that. That makes me feel slightly better. Oh, my God. You're trilingual. That's crazy. I know. And that's why I'm, I was giving my prize back, but I'm taking it back again. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah. You got language, you've got geography, you've got you, history, geology. Does your brain hurt just with all this information in there, just racking around all the time? Oh, you know, it's just gotten used to it at this point. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. It's a heavy brain. You must slouch a lot. It's a heavy okay. burden. Um, 
Well, anyway, there are some, sp- uh, uh, let's say, amateur Spanish speakers out there who swear that they saw it in Ohio. <laughs> and then this is another story I hadn't heard from anywhere else, but I found it on the Camp Monster podcast. So these people are really getting a shout out from me today. Uh, but they had a story that I guess is maybe is local lore in the Pacific Northwest or something, but there used to be a summer camp in the area called Camp uh, Tishalub. And it would, it was known in the eighties because it was so close to bat squatch territory and hiking territory and camping territory. It just became part of the lore of the woods that, oh, the bat squatch could be here. And some of the counselors would even take campers on bat squatch, like investigations or scam, like scavenger hunts, I guess. Scavenger hunts. <laughs> and, uh, Eventually, the stories got so scary that children began getting too terrified to actually go into the woods, and they're at summer camp, so oh. that was causing problems. Yeah. Uh, eventually, there was even one night around 2.30 in the morning where one of the cabins closest to the woods heard a groan-turned-piercing cry, and it ended up waking up half the camp, <gasps> and there was this real rabble-rouser counselor named Jessica and this counselor decided that she wanted to show the kids that there was nothing to be worried about. And she was going to go prove it by spending a couple nights in the woods with two of the other counselors. And then they were going to come back and be like, see, the bat squatch didn't get us. There's no reason to be afraid of the woods. Seems like a really weird plan, but okay. Maybe Jessica was just tired of the kids. She was like, I need yeah. a break. <laughs> I'm glad you said it. Cause I honestly, <laughs> if I were a camp counselor of several children who were also like fighting me on, outdoor activities during summer camp i'd be like uh i quit too um so I'd anyway be like i'm just as scared of this bat squatch thing as all you kids i'm not about to go prove it that's a great point actually it's like i'd wow. be just as terrified it's like move over i need to hide yeah under the exactly covers too. <laughs> so jessica and the two counselors decided to go stay overnight in the woods and uh as they got higher up the mountain they realized that there were less uh animal tracks which was abnormal <laughs> Um, and the only tracks eventually on the mountain were of this large animal that they couldn't identify. They ended up going to bed, but all of them woke up in the middle of the night to something next to their tent. No. They decided that they were going to leave, but when they grabbed the tent zipper, they could feel something on the other side, like something cold and bony. Ew! This thing started leaning and pushing into the tent and flapping wildly and scratching the tent fabric and they're freaking out and the flashlight goes out for a second and that's when they hear heavy breathing and footsteps circling their tent. Forget it. Every now and then the sounds would stop and then they, when they would think it was over and they could leave the tent, uh, that's when the, the sounds would start again and there were these weird gusts of wind on the tent, almost as if there was like heavy flapping of wings. <laughs> They even saw teeth marks bite into the tent at one point and they no. heard sh- and they heard shuffling all night and whenever they would turn the light on the breathing would back off. Eventually the sun rose and they took off and the camp later closed. Mm. I guess because that was like additional confirmation from adults that the bat or maybe squash all the camp counselors quit and they were like okay nobody wants to be a counselor here anymore. Yeah, or maybe all the children were scared of bat squash. I, there's no context for that. It just so happens that the camp ended up closing uh, later that year. So, anyway, just another story to bat squash. I will always, when it comes to camping stories like that, my go-to is always bear or serial killer in the woods. 
Um, <laughs> but could be Bat Squatch. I don't know. And the Bat Squatch has been featured on an episode of Monsters Across America in season mm-hmm. three. It is sometimes called Washington's official cryptid, but I beg to differ because doesn't Sasquatch hold that title? Yeah, I wonder if they're just trying to be like more unique sometimes, you know? Maybe it's like Sasquatch or Bigfoot is like the official one, but then like Bat Squatch is like his little brother unofficial cryptid. Right, 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 right. And probably your favorite fun fact out of all this is Bat Squatch is a uh, beer from Rogue River Brewery. It is a hazy IPA. And yep. I, I guess that area, I guess the beer is made in the same area as Bat Squatch. And so it's like a local cryptid. I being, love that. Uh, mentioned in the beer. And the caption on it is in honor of tales of the Bat Squatch that are all a bit hazy on the details. Oh, how fun is that? And that is Bat Squatch. That's a great story. I really like that. And I really would love to try that beer. Oh, you let me know how it goes. I I don't want to try it, but I bet it's going to really make your tummy so happy. I bet it's going to make my tummy not happy, but my nice little brain very happy. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, your brain needs a break. Apparently, it's won a bunch of awards for how intelligent it is. <laughs> you're right. You're right. It needs a little bit of a, a little bit of a boost. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Do you pride yourself on finding the best deals and savings? Yes, it's me. I'm raising my hand. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop. Get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every single category, including fashion, beauty, home essentials, travel, dining, and so much more. Shop brands like Macy's, Adidas, YSL Beauty, Samsung Petco, just to name a few. Plus, membership is free and it's easy to sign up. Cashback rates change daily. Here's how it works. Stores pay Rakuten a commission for sending them shoppers, and then Rakuten shares a commission with its members via check or PayPal quarterly. And you better believe how exciting it is when your PayPal alerts you that you've gotten money. It's no wonder Rakuten has 17 million members who are already saving. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.com. Or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cashback really adds up. Um, okay, well, I have a part two for you today. And I, I was gonna say I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I, for, I forgot. And then halfway through my story, I was like, I think there's gonna be a part two. to this. Yeah, there is. And I have a little recap for you for thank again, you. Just for all our international listen- listeners, because I know you and I know exactly everything that happened last time. Every word you've ever spoken, I've retained perfectly. Exactly. I yeah. And it's I, pretty impressive for someone with like a smaller brain than mine to do that is pretty. It's, couldn't be truer. Couldn't yeah. Be more. Yeah. yeah. 
so I have you're so welcome and you're so welcome everybody who's international and for some reason therefore does not remember last week's story and their brain is so small your brain is so small I'm so sorry um so I have a a little recap so previously on and that's why we drink together Don d-a-w-n justin and glenn so glenn is the head of this this is oh by the way before i go on i'll tell you what the story is this is the children of thunder uh, <gasps> yes part yes, two yes, yes. yeah and so there's this guy glenn he's like pretty unstable and by pretty unstable i mean like extremely unstable and he has gotten his younger brother justin involved in his shenanigans and this this woman named dawn and here we go. So together, the three of them would were planning to raise enough money to travel to Brazil and recruit orphaned children as future soldiers for his cause. Uh-huh. The children would be trained as skilled assassins who would travel to the United States, kidnap the LDS church leaders, and smuggle them back to, pra- to Brazil. And, and then... F- oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, first. no. Go ahead. I was going to say, and just a reminder to everybody, this is a, a mental health crisis yes and and yes this this man is definitely he's very sick um and he really devolved um he was you know part of the lds church and then broke off and decided he wanted to be the new leader and had a lot of you know troubles he he did have like a dozen rules on being magical or something yeah yeah the magic yeah 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 that was that that, was those those, those got were me good. S- those were fun to read out of context. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, uh-huh. like if that were if that were it, I'd be like, wow, what a fun group of rules. But with the context of everything else, it's like, mm, yeah. wish it could have just been a fun list uh, rather than part of the story. But yes, exactly. So from Brazil, the hostage church leaders that these children assassins had taken back to Brazil, these church leaders would then write letters declaring Glenn as the new true leader of the LDS church. And then the nine million Mormons of the world would gratefully accept him as their savior. This is his big plan. Got it. He would then develop his own awareness training. So remember that training that he made everybody go to where they like broke you down and like basically mm-hmm. like traumatized you and like didn't let you sleep and, you know, just yep. these yep. horrible tactics. Um, so he decided to develop his own awareness training called Transform America, and he would create a state of peace and joy in the country. This was his big plan. So that was part one. Now, this is part two, and I just want to tell you, it gets pretty grisly, okay? So this is where a lot of the actual, you know, murder comes in, and it Mm. becomes pretty dark. Uh, So just a little warning before we jump in. So we're now at the year 2000, and Glenn is 30 years old. His brother Justin is 28, and Dawn is 26, The three of them rented a house together in Concord, California, where they decided to um, enact this big plan where they needed $20 million, uh, they decided, to raise these children as assassins. So they had the plan, but they needed $20 million first to, you know, actually get the children and train them as assassins. Um, So they were like, we need 20 million bucks. How are we going to get it? Well... Glenn looked back through, so he worked, uh, I don't know if, if you remember at all, but he worked as a stockbroker uh, for a while, and he was, like, really good at sales and really good with people. He was just one of those kind of charming personas. And so he looked back through his client portfolio uh, from when he was working at Morgan Stanley Dean Witter, and in it, he identified his first targets. Okay. 
basically he's looking through seeing, you know, all these, all of his clients, different financial, you know, uh, situations and then he's saying who can we target to access their money sure got it so their first targets uh are bob white a former client along with ivan and annette steinman and ivan is 85 annette is 88 they are a wealthy elderly couple in concord california and so recently glenn had also started dating a 22 year old woman named selena bishop Um, And she actually was not a disciple of the Children of Thunder. Mm. She was actually being kind of groomed to be a scapegoat for the Children of Thunder. Like Glenn basically was like preparing to use her as a scapegoat for their crimes. Okay. So Wow, poor Selena Bishop. Yeah, she's just like, oh, I'm going to go on a date with this charming guy who works at Morgan Stanley. No, not quite. Um so Glenn decided to position her to take the fall um, if there was any suspicion about his his big plan. And Glenn even told her his name was Jordan, like made up a fake name, like didn't even tell her his real identity. So from the beginning, wasn't trying to this was this didn't start romantic and then became right. a thing like he immediately was like this you're from day one you're just a part of the yeah you're like a pawn in this in this uh wild crime got it and she had no idea so glenn also contacted a friend named deborah to act as their alibi but he told deborah oh 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 this crime is is drug related so deborah like till near the end had no idea this was actually like (laughs) <laughs> this assassin plot like she had no clue god deborah i know well, can you imagine if like you thought anything else and then all of a sudden you found out that <laughs> oh this yeah is, oh my god and she uh, does find out and we will get to her reaction later when she's like oh shit um oh no yeah it's not cute uh so glenn asked deborah to please act as their alibi because they're doing this oh it's just it's nbd it's just this drug related thing so dawn one of the children of thunder Gives Deborah a hundred dollars, and then Deborah buys movie tickets and dinner for four people, and saves all the receipts to okay. basically say, "Oh, I was with Glenn, Justin, and uh, Don, right? And right. they were not doing any drug-related crimes. They were with me." So now they have their targets. They have their alibi, which is Deborah, and then they have their scapegoat, Selena, in place. And now they're like, "Okay, step one, let's go." So it's July 30th, 2000. Glenn and Justin drive to Bob White's house in one car, and Don is in a second car. Luckily for Bob, he wasn't home when they knocked on the door. So the Children of Thunder got back in their cars and drove to Ivan and Annette Steinman's house. And again, this is an elderly couple in their mid to late 80s. Um, They see Glenn. They remember him being their, like, basically their, I don't know if he's their wealth advisor, their stockbroker. Um, and they invite him inside because they're like, oh, Glenn, good to see you. And this yeah. is your younger brother. Come on in. And apparently the four of them chit-chatted for nearly an hour. That's sick. It's sick. It's so sick. And they, it, did, Glenn and Justin didn't even back off. An hour later, they revealed their weapons and handcuffed the Steinmans at gunpoint, forced them into their car, and drove them back to their house with Dawn in tow. I don't like I mean obviously like when I think like oh which situations worse like there's no sure. worse or better but like there's just some I mean obviously it goes without saying but there's it's, I know what you mean it just adds like an element of like it's so much people. more sinister of like oh for the last hour of my life you 
sat here knowing you were going to kill With me and let me feel in your safe. Pocket. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oy. And you just chit chatted what over tea? Like, I mean, I don't. It, it's it, like, and you, then it also gives you like more perspective. It's also sinister on the opposite end because now you're looking at the killers and thinking like they're capable of yes, having a conversation yes. with someone for an hour, knowing they're going to try to kill them. Like a ple- for all intents and purposes, pleasant conversation, and then not backing off. You know, still going through with it. I, I think because you said. I always just imagine a killer is a someone who is going to act erratically and impulsively. And like, obviously there's premeditated murder, but in my mind, like it's at least premeditated murder still has like only violence associated to it. There's sure. never a, there's it's never like a long con type. Let's situation. have tea and then yeah. I'm going to kill you. Oof, and it's God. like, was it too socially awkward to just kidnap them immediately? You had to right. wait an hour. Like, what is this delay? It's so creepy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like they never stood a chance even after an hour of chit chatting, which is just so dark. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they, they eventually uh, go through with it. They kidnap them, bring them back to their house. And Don is following behind. So inside the Children of Thunder's house, Yvonne and Annette, Yvonne, I don't know why I'm calling him Yvonne. I'm sure it's Ivan, like not, I'm <laughs> thinking back to my AP Euro days studying like Yvonne, the terrible. Where you got another award. I, you know, so I, many I never, awards. <laughs> I never thinking of my awards, you know. It never occurred to me until now that maybe the male version of Yvonne is Ivan or vice versa. Oh, yeah, it, it is. I just keep saying it. I had no idea. Yvonne instead of Ivan. <laughs> fun fact. So, uh, yeah, fun fact. Um, follow me for more fun facts like that. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, Ivan and Annette are told to clear their schedules so no one would become suspicious that they were missing. So, this is disturbing. Together, they called their daughter and uh, at gunpoint told her they were going on a spur-of-the-moment vacation right <gasps> away. Oh, my God. Yes. What they called they while well, they had guns held mm-hmm. on them. Like, oh my god! Oh I know. My god. And Annette did the same, canceling an upcoming hair appointment. Uh, then Glenn demanded a hundred thousand dollars from the Steinmans. But the only problem is, by the way, he's looking to raise twenty million dollars. This is his fucking brilliant plan. He's going to get a hundred grand at a time from different people. I mean, what an idiot! Okay, wait, a hundred twenty million or twenty million? So they need twenty million. Okay. Um, but they're demanding a hundred thousand from their first targets. I see like, where the math came in. It's gonna take okay. a long time to if you're, you know, assassinating all these people for money, you're gonna be like, leaving and quite 20 a trail. Million for what? Like I mean, like where like I wanna see his budget list, well, you know. Like- I did too, because I thought twenty million dollars to to adopt quote unquote orphans from Brazil, then like who's training them to be assassins? Where did you get the price? Like who quoted you? Like I'll train forty children yeah. to be assassins but only for 18 million dollars and then two million in airfare like i don't like yeah i yeah, want to see the budget no too sense. it's yeah. it's a little fishy um and so you know he he demands a hundred thousand dollars from the steinmans but the only problem is the steinmans money was mostly uh assets and so they would have to liquidate their assets to hand over the one hundred thousand dollars so glenn had dawn call the steinmans financial team and pretend she was annette and liquidate the assets. It's unclear why he didn't just at gunpoint have a net call since she'd already called her own daughter, but um, he had Dawn do it. So they uh, pulled an all-nighter and 
basically did meth all night uh, while oh. Dawn while Dawn prepared for her role as a net on this phone call to get a hundred grand. Jeez, I mean, I'm not surprised, but it's also like, oh wow, like on top of everything else, yes. there's just another another it's an extremely messy story yeah it's yeah. that's right that's right yeah and it's like it's mental illness it's drugs it's uh you know crime it's like convincing people to do horrible things with the influence of drugs it's all layers ugh, and layers so and layers. La so layered exactly so a little after 6 a.m dawn and glenn called morgan stanley dean witter that's kind of like the old full name of morgan stanley uh from a payphone to liquidate the steinman's assets and the broker was shocked and told annette aka dawn um like this is going to cost you a lot of money it makes no sense financially but annette aka dawn insisted and the broker was like okay if you really want to do this it's your prerogative so at the house, um, Justin is watching the Steinmans and the Steinmans are awaiting release because they were told, oh, when we get your money, we'll let you go. Oh, well, this was a lie. Uh, mm -hmm. So this future leader of the church couldn't afford to be implicated in a felony. So he <laughs> couldn't have any witnesses at hand. Right. So he decided he had to eradicate uh, this couple because they've witnessed the crime that he's committing. I mean, he also thought an apocalypse was coming and he was going to rule the entire LDS church. So I don't know why he was so worried about having witnesses, but this is just how his mind was working. Um, and so Glenn and Don returned home feeling victorious that he had liquidated these assets. And Glenn forced the Steinmans to take six Rohypnol, a.k.a. roofies, each uh, to cause an overdose uh, and then forced each of them to write checks that totaled $100,000. Wow. Uh, and the checks, of course, were made out to none other than Glenn's young girlfriend, Selena Bishop, because they wanted Ugh. her to be the fall guy, so to speak. You know? This poor girl. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's and like... And she's, she's blissfully unaware, too. Blissfully unaware of her relationship with Jordan, quote, unquote. She just thinks, like, oh, I'm, I have such a great boyfriend and my life's great, la -dee -da. Yeah, and there's actually even more that makes it just so much more cringe in a few oh, minutes. So God, okay. It's, it's just a little thing. but uh, So, of course, the Rohypnol did not kill the Steinmans. And so Glenn and Justin went to plan B, which was to move them to the bathroom where Glenn tried to smother them with plastic. <gasps> and when that didn't work, they basically slammed their heads into the bathroom's tile floor, <gasps> which fractured Annette's skull, but still did not kill them. So oh my God. finally, Glenn dragged her. Um, this is very brutal, everybody. Gl dragged her into the bathtub and used a hunting knife to slit her throat. Oh. <gasps> And what? ultimately bled to death in the bathtub. Ivan also died shortly afterward because his heart failed. Oh, my God. I know. It's like, oh, wow, what a what a quirky story until it's like so horrific. You yeah, know? but the, it's it's done now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, okay. And, and so Dawn was just kind of there. She just stood by and watched this all happen uh, as Glenn and Justin like carried through with this plan. And then Glenn and Justin began this terrible work of dismembering the Steinman's bodies with a reciprocating saw, which caused like horrible amounts of blood spatter, just like a humongous mess. Um, and then they placed the bodies in 
black garbage bags and uh, told Dawn to go pick up some firewood to burn any evidence that was left over. And then Dawn wrote a check for $10,000 with Annette's checkbook made out to Ivan. Um, and then she drove 50 miles to a distant bank to deposit to deposit it in disguise. Okay, so now she's wearing this disguise. Okay. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to tell you what the disguise is. She's wearing a lime green pantsuit, a strawberry, oh. a strawberry. <laughs> That's not what it says. I'm sorry. Oh, a lime green pantsuit, a straw cowboy hat, and so, is in a wheelchair. So very inconspicuous. Extremely inconspicuous. Like wouldn't remember her, you know, in a crowd. Um, <laughs> so it worked. Dawn deposited the check without issue, and uh, even though she had misspelled steinman the name on the check it still went through okay well ding 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 on evidence number one yeah so the next day dawn put on her disguise again this time posing as the girlfriend selena bishop's friend the the totally uh blissfully unaware girlfriend and she told a banker that selena her friend selena needed an emergency heart surgery um and She's like, I have these checks from Selena's grandparents. They sent the money to cover this, the cost for this heart surgery. But Selena's in the hospital, so I'm here to deposit it on her behalf. Because it's remember, big story. yeah, big... she had the Steinmans write the checks to Selena. So she's like, right. oh, this is her money from her grandparents. Um, in reality, Selena was at home waiting to hear back from Glenn, who had promised to go camping with her that weekend, but forgot because he was busy, like, cutting up bodies. And so she's literally sitting around like, huh, I wonder where my boyfriend Jordan is. He said he was going to take me camping this weekend. And meanwhile, all of this shit is going down, and this woman, Dawn, is pretending like Selena, she's Selena's friend, and Selena needs a heart surgery, and oh my god, it is so chaotic. This, and this poor girl has just no, she's like probably just on Netflix waiting for her boyfriend to get there. She literally has like her sleeping bag packed because she's waiting for the camping trip. Like she's ready to go camping and Jordan is nowhere to be found. She's like, I wonder what he's up to. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. I also I can't I mean, I, I I'm just always baffled by the concept of like someone who can obviously commit murder. Like I can't imagine being able to do that. But on top of it, to just have, like, a normal life every other day and, like, like, oh, I'm just going to go camping later. It's like, what? Or, like, are you just living in constant panic that you're going to get caught? Like, I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm kind of glad we don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm happy to not have the same brain chemistry, but just, wow. It's, It's baffling. Um, And so Dawn, you know, tells this bank, like, I need to deposit this on her behalf. So the bank contacts the Steinman's brokers to clear the transaction. The brokers are like, well, we need the Steinman's social security numbers to confirm. Well, guess what? Um, They had the Steinman's social security cards because they had Ivan's wallet and it was in there. So uh, they called and said, oh, here are their social security numbers. And like, please go ahead and initiate the transfer. But the banker felt something wasn't right and spoke to Don again and said, I actually would like to speak directly with the Steinmans themselves before I clear any checks. So she tells Glenn this and he's frustrated and he decides this might make you even more mad than the whole chat chit chatting for an hour. He decides to call off the whole plan. He's like, eh, let's find our money another way and just like 
bails what? on this entire plan. Like he he what? Obviously their deaths were already horrific and pointless and brutal and senseless, but this feels like almost just as like frustratingly it feels like, were, like a, it feels like a super obviously fucked up power move of like, oh, this this I have better things to do with my time. Yeah, it's like, ah, eh, never mind. That was too hard. Like even though like, you've already murdered them. Yeah, even though like kill like the killing was so hapless. Like, oh, I could do that any other exactly. Day. Like, like it almost like a like a hiccup in the plan, and it's like, oh, we'll find another plan. So it's just like so it makes it even more senseless, and it's hard to say like, oh, the murder was now more senseless because like there was no like, sense in or it. like at least go through with it so their killings were worth it. Like no one's gonna For, say that, right? But exactly. Like, but it's There's like it's just it, more it, of a sense of like you can see that they don't give two shits about these people because they don't even it doesn't like phase they were, them. They were no more significant of a notch in the plan as, like, going to the storm, getting supplies. Exactly. Just, like, swept aside. Um, And so it just feels extra disgusting. Yeah. And so we're back to Selena now. I guess she's still seeing him, even though he forgot about their camping trip. Because on Wednesday, August 2nd, Glenn meets Selena for dinner and invites her over to his house. He tells Selena that his bathroom was had been remodeled and he wanted her to see it. Okay. She didn't realize he was holding a hammer in his hand. <gasps> yeah. But while no. they're talking, he couldn't bring himself to kill her. So he decided let's have a wine and game night with Justin and Dawn, my two best friends. So it's just S- happening again. Like, just like, Oh, yes. I could. it's also like, I wonder if it's like one of those power moves, you know, how like a cat and mouse, like the cat yeah. knows it could kill the mouse, but just wants to it's tease like, it to play along. Yeah, yeah. 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 It feels like a playing on like knowing I could get you knowing that I almost killed you, but because of me, you're alive. And, yeah. Ugh. That's a great point. Especially since he thinks he's like this leader of, you know, mankind. <laughs> He probably already has a power trip going. So they played Risk. Imagine your last few hours on this earth. You're playing Risk. That's Emmy's nightmare. (laughs) My nightmare, but also like talk about the irony. Oh, true. Yeah. You're doing like a a strategy game and like a a warfare game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, So they played Risk and the trio snuck Rohypnol into Selena's wine, but she literally saw the crushed pills in her wine and was like, what is this? And Glenn was like, oh, sorry, my glasses are dirty. So then did she just go dump it out and they had to do it again? She didn't drink it. But they moved on to plan C. And Glenn, oh, this is really bad. What was plan C? Glenn told Selena to lie down on the floor for a back massage. (gasps) And she lay down on the floor and he started massaging her shoulders. And then Justin used a hammer to beat selena to death oh my god and they wrapped her in a blanket put her in the kitchen and then prepared the bathroom to dismember her uh this is awful again because it gets worse of course don realized selena was still alive and glenn took the hammer and basically made sure that she was dead Oh my god. I know. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh it's so god. horrible. It's so horrible. Oh my god. <sighs> so the brothers moved Selena to the bathtub, which they filled with water. Then 
Glenn slid her throat in the water, beckoned for Dawn, and declared, quote, Spirit says you get to know this is not a dream. What? I mean, I don't know. I'm not Fucking even going to try to understand that. Ugh, uh, the trio then dismembered and disposed of the body, then the evidence. Um, now there's only one loose end, which was Selena's mom. Uh, her mom's oh. name was Jenny. And Jenny had met Glenn once, but as Jordan, like Selena's new boyfriend. So he was like, shit, she, she knows what I look like. She might be able to recognize me and like identify me as a suspect. So Jenny was staying at Selena's apartment because Selena was like, I'm going camping with my boyfriend, Jordan. So Jenny is staying at Selena's apartment. And around 4 a.m. on Thursday morning, August 3rd, Glenn went through the garage, accessed the apartment. And instead of Jenny, he encountered a 54-year-old man named Jim. Uh, shocked, Glenn opened fire, striking Jim multiple times. <gasps> uh, Jenny woke up to the commotion and Glenn shot her twice in the face and fled. Uh, then he had breakfast with Justin and Don, and they decided they had to remove the teeth from all of their victims to uh, conceal their identities. So, oh, my God. Another trigger warning for tooth stuff. Um, Justin and Glenn dismembered all the bodies and Don held the victims' heads as the brothers pulled their teeth out. Holy shit. Wow, this is just... So brutal and disgusting and graphic. Remember during my story when everything you said was just so eloquent. <laughs> I know. I'm great sorry. storyteller. I'm so and now, sorry. And now every time you talk, I just really want it to stop. That's I'm just <laughs> ruining your life. I'm sorry. Life. They rented a trailer and a jet ski, which they used to dump the trash bags full of bodies into a deep section of the Sacramento Delta. They had nine trash bags. <gasps> Wait. Oh, I just realized that's all, all body these parts. Body parts. And how many people have they killed now by now? That's five. So one, two, three. Wait, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five. Well, um, I guess like horrible fun fact it's five people was nine trash bags worth that's so horrible oh my god on the way home children of thunder stopped for celebratory tequila shots and then glenn decided to join some of his friends at a music festival called reggae on the river while justin and don were sent to clean up more evidence uh there was clothing there were two saws selena's car needed to be you know disposed of the Steinman's cars, uh, which they ditched randomly. And then Glenn instructed them to put Ivan's wedding ring in Selena's car. Because then he was like, oh, this way. Police will think Ivan and Selena were having an affair. And that's why their killings are linked. Like he uh, just had some plan genius. to try, try and connect Fuck, them. Fucking brilliant. Brilliant. So they couldn't get the blood out of their carpets at the house. Again, they had used this you know reciprocating saw this was very brutal very messy um and so they were overwhelmed and you know had been on this like week-long meth bender and they were just so over it so don left to stay with deborah who by the way deborah still thinks oh i just bought like an alibi for their little like drug thing has like, no idea about no the idea murders. no 
Oh my God. Wow. So okay. Dawn's like, can I stay with you? And Deborah's like, sure. And then um, she's like, hey, Deborah, I have this like wheelchair and some other and a green, a lime green suit and oh. like a lime green sweatsuit and stuff. Can you just keep these for me? <laughs> and she was like, okay, sure. You can keep them at my house. If anyone ever, after <laughs> this being my job, if anyone ever stopped by and said, oh yeah, can you just hold on to this for me? I'd be like, you betcha. And then I would hold it for them at the police department. I w- I'd be like... <laughs> I would be put on to... gloves and like carry it myself to yeah. the evidence locker. <laughs> exactly. I'd be like, set it down. I will absolutely not touch that with my bare Who hands. Who have you killed? <laughs> oh, oh my God. So then Justin decided to pay a professional cleaner $700 and to try and get the blood out of the carpets. And Dawn had to come home and pay it. And when the cleaner came, they told her that the blood stains were actually just from Kool-Aid. So don't even worry about it. But try to get them out. I feel like if you're a professional cleaner, you know the difference between Kool-Aid and blood. And blood? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Even the smell alone. Sorry to be gross, but like... mm, Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, one smells delicious. So Guess which one it is. (laughs) Yeah. It's up to you to make that call. Yeah. It's up to you. If you're a vampire, you might have a different opinion than me. But uh, no, I I mean, like, I would imagine chemically, too. Like, there are things you do for certain... For, like, food coloring. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hmm. So police soon found Jenny's and Jim's bodies. Those were the parents of Selena who were at uh, her apartment and were absolutely baffled by the scene. One investigator recalled later, quote, for the first few hours, it was kind of a what the heck possibly happened here? We knew we had at least a missing person. We weren't sure if perhaps Selena was involved with this murder or if she herself had been a victim of foul play. So basically, they knew this was Selena's apartment. They knew this; these were her parents, but they were like, we don't know where Selena is and we don't know why her parents have been brutally killed. So police began notifying family members and one family member tried to get a hold of Selena to try and comfort her about her mother's death, but couldn't reach her. Oh, and how many days has it been since she's died, by the way? Um, you know, I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, I think only a couple days, not very long. Still, it's so um, sad. It's so sad to think, oh, there were days where I just thought this person was walking around. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And like had no clue. And then all, all three of them had been killed. Um, so they figured, you know, she was on her camping trip. That's why she wasn't answering the phone. Uh, still, they were like, oh, but she's with this guy, Jordan. So we should at least talk to him. So he became a person of interest to the police. Um, an investigator found out that this Jordan fellow had a brother named Justin and did some digging and finally put the pieces together and realized Jordan, the boyfriend, was actually this guy, Glenn Taylor Helzer. Um, at this point, though, investigators still hadn't connected this case to the Steinman disappearance because, like, why would they be connected? There was just no rhyme or reason at this point. Um, and so investigators and the Concord SWAT team ultimately burst into the Children of Thunder's house uh, one mo- early one morning at 6 a.m. And Glenn tried to escape through the backyard, but he was caught. Uh, and Justin and Don surrendered peacefully. But once inside the police car, Glenn pushed his body against the window of the police car, popped the window out of place, jumped out of the vehicle, and made a break for it in just his boxers. What? Yeah. Holy he, shit. Yeah. He ran into a neighborhood house like a random person's house, pointed his fingers at the occupant as if pretending to have a gun and demanded their car keys. But the homeowner luckily had two big dogs who chased him off. 
then Glenn, t- Glenn entered a- another home of a woman who assumed he was her son's friend and invited him in. He took a knife from her kitchen, demanded her car, but her car was in the shop for repairs. She was like, you can have it, but it's not here. Oh, my God. So she de-escalated the situation, what a champ, by offering him some clothes. And so oh, he hey, took all the right. clothes and left. So well, he was probably like, that's necessary to not be so obvious as I'm yeah, on the run. Exactly. I at least need some khakis to, to blend into the, or a lime green pantsuit and a straw cowboy hat to blend into the crowd. That's all it'll take, yeah. <laughs> so officers surrounded Glenn in another backyard and brought him in for questioning. Meanwhile, investigators found plenty of evidence and drugs to hold the Children of Thunder as they looked for more uh, than the banker who had denied Don the, ch- uh, the check deposit saw a news report about the Steinman's disappearance and was like, oh, my God, like this person has been coming in trying to cash checks uh, on behalf of the Steinman's um, and even mentioned Selena Bishop by name. So <gasps> now so now Ooh. they're like, wait a second, there's this weird connection like. The banker is talking about Selena Bishop, who is a totally separate case right. than the Steinman. So they're trying to figure out what the hell is going on here. Um, on August 7th, a man out jet skiing on Mokalumni River in Sacramento County discovered a duffel bag floating in the river. Mm. And inside he found concrete, trash bags, and my least favorite thing, a human torso. mm <sighs> Throughout the week, investigators recovered more and more bags from the water until finally they confirmed they were the bodies of Ivan, Annette, and Selena. Still, they were like, what the fuck is the connection here between all of these people? Um, one investigator said of the case, it was just bizarre and every day something worse would surface. So back at the killer's house, they found a note that read, head and teeth, two hours. <gasps> and Wait, what? I don't know. It said head and teeth, period, two hours. So I don't know. Does it mean like, like, I I mean, I won't know. I I know they were trying to take the teeth to try and maybe they were scheduling it. I don't know. Or like, this is how long it'll take to take them all out. Or this is how far away they need to be hidden from the actual body. I mean, it could be anything. It could be anything. And they found that note along with the hammer that had been used to kill Selena. (gasps) So investigators contacted Deborah, the alibi, and when she found out this crime was about murder, and not just murder, but like a series of murders, not drugs, she immediately was like, well, fuck no, I had no idea. I was just told like, this was a drug thing, so I bought movie tickets and dinner for everybody. Like, I didn't know that this was such a heinous crime that was going on um and she also said oh and by the way that dawn lady left me a wheelchair a gun ammunition a cowboy hat and a lime green pantsuit so you might want those as well my god (laughs) so she hands over all the evidence um and there was also selena's driver's license and social security card annette's wallet ivan's insulin and both of their checkbooks and bank statements so they had just like kept all of this shit so obviously the police immediately had enough evidence to be like Okay, well, obviously they did it. Um, Deborah ha- also had the written script that Dawn had practiced with before she went to the bank in disguise. Oh my uh, God. And this was all kept in a safe. So Deborah hadn't really realized everything that was in the safe. She just said, like, oh, Dawn is keeping some stuff in my safe. And they opened it and were like, um, 
Yeah, that's that's really bad. And so finally, they're seeing the, the script that Don went to the bank with, and they're finally putting all the pieces together and seeing how these deaths are linked. Oh, my God. So Don, Justin, and Glenn were all set to face the death penalty at trial. Um, the boy's mother, Karma, tried to secure a private attorney but couldn't afford it. The defense went to the county attorney office where Don's court-approved lawyer worked to get her out of the death penalty. And her attorney actually contacted a cult deprogrammer who... Oh, interesting. I know. This is so fascinating. He actually attended that group awareness training that Don had attended. Yeah. That, um, that Glenn had made her attend. And he attended it just to understand Interesting. Don, right? I thought that was, like, so what it, powerful. What it, and what a good way of using resources. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I was so impressed by that. So he went to this group awareness training, went through the whole like lack of sleep and all that just to see like what Don had gone through. He then used that knowledge um, and his previous knowledge of, you know, cult deprogramming to appeal to Don and finally basically had to convince her that deprogram her and convince her that Glenn was not a prophet. Like she had been fully on board with all of this thinking like, and justify I, the means. He's a religious prophet. You know, I would love to sit in on a workshop like that. Like, how do you deprogram a cult member? Like, what? I feel like you can't just learn them in, like, a six-hour conference, you yeah, know? There's like, probably that's... so much psych behind it, you know? Yeah. Wow. Um, I bet there's some show, some Netflix or HBO special you could watch about that, probably, honestly. Probably. <laughs> probably. I mean, at least a TED Talk, you know? At least a TED Talk. There's always a TED Talk. Um. So... Basically, he had to deprogram her and convince her, like, this guy, Glenn, is not a prophet. And he, by the way, that also means, like, you've been used and you've been used to really hurt a lot of people, which is, like, I imagine a hard thing to accept. I was going to say, did Dawn fully deconstruct this this time yeah, in her life? Like, so I think she's so. I think she just had to fully accept, like, I just killed or at least she didn't actually hands-on kill anyone but she just stood by yeah. while people were being killed and it's like that i would want to live in that fantasy of like oh no he was a prophet like well I sure like no one wants to think that that's a justified thing yeah yeah exactly so he was able to you know to convince her of that and then a famous forensic psychologist who usually avoided testifying for defense then interviewed don and was like, she's not a violent person. And I believe she had truly fallen victim to psychological torment and had been legally insane at the time of the crimes. Yeah. So Dawn underwent a polygraph test to assure she hadn't personally committed any of the killings. She was only an accessory. And then the court used Dawn as a witness for the other, against the other, or, sorry, against the brothers to, um, to secure the death penalty. So she testified against them once she had kind of been like deprogrammed out of being on their side, basically. Hmm. She was spared the death penalty, but she did plead guilty to 13 felonies. And then as the trial approached, Glenn maintained his innocent plea, but Justin, this is pretty sad. It gets sad. And actually the more I think about it, the more just like, it breaks my heart. But remember in the last episode when I was talking about how Glenn's Glenn and Justin's mother kind of saw Glenn as like this, like he had been going through some um, mental health stuff and sh mental illness. And she kind of fed into it by saying, you know, no, these are messages from spirit. God is speaking to you, right, you know, right, and then right. she told all of Glenn's siblings, like, 
you You have have to to listen listen to him. him. And so Justin, at this point, when the trial rolls around, he kind of like backs completely off and basically says he has no defense, no excuse, no reasoning. And he said, I'm guilty. I'm 100% guilty. I have no excuse, no reason. I just did what my brother said. Um, It's really awful. But that's just where he stood when when the trial started. So in just... At least he was honest, I guess. I know, I know. It's sort of like he just kind of gave it all up. Um, I wonder if he had a an awakening or if he always knew like this is fucked up but i don't my know brother's saying something i don't know that's a great point because he was much more hands-on with the with the crimes rather yeah, than gone. yeah like he physically killed selena mm-hmm. um so in just under six weeks of trial on june 16 2004 the jury found both brothers guilty of all counts in less than seven hours of deliberation glenn and justin were both sentenced to death Dawn was sentenced to 38 years to life in prison, despite her, you know, being just an accessory. Glenn apologized to his victims' families and said he now saw that his killings were unspeakably horrific, but he continued trying to preach uh, as a prophet. But fortunately, this time, no one was listening. So he didn't uh, oh, okay. gather a new you know, <laughs> set, of, yeah, set of followers. Uh, Justin, unfortunately just declined um he was so deeply remorseful um and i actually have an example of like just how bad things got okay so in 2012 uh nancy mulaney was allowed to interview inmates on death row in california and she found that justin had severely disabled himself and gone nearly (gasps) blind in a suicide attempt uh by trying to gouge his eyes out holy shit and uh he oh my god he said to nancy i apologized it was erroneous it was so misdirected i'm so sorry it's like a past life i'm so not that person anymore so i don't have a problem admitting what i did and she actually did a uh and asked me anything on q and uh on reddit like a q and a and someone asked her so a user named 14th century hood asked her Hi there, which case slash prisoner was most disturbing to you and why? And then it's Nancy Mullaney wrote, responded, Yes, one inmate, Justin Helzer. There was a visually impaired sign hanging outside his cell door next to a wheelchair. When I asked to speak with him, he was open and willing and his story was horrifying. He had tried to kill himself inside his cell by trying to puncture his eyes with Bic pens. Oh my God. And I want to be clear that I'm just reading the wording here. You know, this is not really the way we like to speak about suicide, but I'm just quoting this. Instead of killing himself, he was blinded and paralyzed. His story said so much about how deeply depressing it is for the men I met on death row to be locked in their cells 23 to 24 hours a day for the rest of their lives. Um, And then in 2013, he used a sheet to hang himself, completing suicide. Um, And so he's since passed and Glenn himself is still on death row at the Richard J. Donovan Correctional Facility in San Diego, California. And that is the just despicable, horrific case of the Children of Thunder cult. Holy crap. The end. The end. Wow. Sorry. No. Great storytelling, but what a horrible story to tell. It is a horrible, horrible story to tell. Um... It's just, it's just terrible. 
It's just terrible. You know, be careful out there, folks. It just kept getting worse with like the like the attempt on his life and the. Oh, I mean, it's like just every. It's like Glenn just left a wake of tragedy. And you know, the sick part is he would fucking eat it up too. He'd be like, "Well, everyone remembers me." Well, I'm a prophet. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Have you ever? this is a, a personal request, which you have yet to cover. But um, speaking of profits, eventually I'm going to need you to cover Warren Jeffs. Oh, yeah. That's one that's been on the list that I think you actually requested a few years ago. And I've, yeah, you know, avoided really it. had no, not really avoided it. Just haven't, I don't know, gotten around to yet. But that and I'm, you know, there's so many different docu-series I still need to watch that kind it's of a big branch one. off of Warren Jeff. So I think I'm waiting till I'm, like, really in the black hole of it before yeah. I, like... It's almost a, it's almost a, like a Dahmer or Bundy case. Yeah, it's, it's a, just There's it's so a much content about him. And there's so much that branches off of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's a right or wrong way to cover him, but mm. I know I really hate the phrase of, like, oh, you're, who's your favorite? Right crime like that's so icky but i will say i i happen to know a lot about him and i don't know a lot about mm-hmm. others so i just i feel like i i'm prepared for that story a little more than usual yeah so, yeah do you well, i'll definitely have to do that maybe that'll be maybe that'll be 300 um let me write this down just in case it might not maybe. be because i might not remember but it might be it would be a really wacky episode if i'm covering bat boy at a national Enquirer Oops. and you're covering warren jeffs no, wouldn't um, that be fun <laughs> <laughs> I uh yeah, also wondering when you will cover the Duggars eventually. That ooh, talk about another one branches off. That's a, a lot of that's a uh, yeah, that could go a lot of ways. That <laughs> would go oh, a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Oy. well. Anyway, that to the list. You know I love a, a fucked up story about uh fundamentalists that I personally follow. That's so. why we're here. <laughs> oy, oy, oy. Well, okay. Well, to keep things relatively light in the best way possible, look out soon for uh, me covering Batboy because what a genius idea. <laughs> genius so idea. Maybe I'll come, I'll do like a little like two or three parter where I cover like the most famous crazy monsters of the weekly world news or something god that would be fun if we did we should just do a separate podcast on like weekly world news updates you know we just read the paper to yeah, people we'll but just we just pretend it. that that's like the new york times like that's in in the in that podcast universe the canon is that like oh this is the only newspaper and this is just actually what's happening out in the world you know i could really just pull out my broadcasting voice i used to practice it quite a lot in other news, Batboy has been found from his cave. <laughs> we just gotta wait and hear it, folks. Just wait. I'm very excited about that one. All right. Well, I will see you over in the after chats if you follow us on Patreon. Uh, go hang out with us uh, while we chit chat probably more about Batboy. I don't know. Probably. We'll see. And that's why we drink. Hey, mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost.